0: Prepping 2.0. Just like Proverbs 22.3 says, the wise man sees trouble coming and prepares, right? When disaster strikes,
1: will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, one.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. I am joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate.
3: Thank you very much. You know, so many people ask us, how do I get my church to prep? Our guest, Brent of Project 223, answers that question by describing not only how he did it, but how you can do it. It is time for the sponsor superlative of the week. This is because Shelby was uh, criticized for saying the word great when it came to sponsors too much. So we decided to mix it up and come up with a sponsor superlative of the week. This week's sponsor superlative picked at random by me is stupendous. So, Shelby, why don't you mention one of our sponsors using the Sponsor Superlative of the Week?
2: Stupendous real estate agent, Jared Savick, who uh, is based out of Kalispell, Washington. Washington. Oh, my my
3: goodness. Blast for me.
2: That was not stupendous. Based out of (laughs) Kalispell, Montana. He uh, will help you find your prepper uh, property in Montana. He's awesome. You can find him at redstate-realtors.com. Here's what's interesting about Jared. Trying to, you have to be a stupendous real estate agent if you're going to sell real estate in Montana when it's three degrees. Yeah. That's how good Jared is. He's a is. persuasive guy. He's very persuasive, and he will also help you find that perfect prepping property for you. So I encourage you to check him out at redstate-realtors.com. Also, speaking of cold temperatures, well, hmm. chilly around here. It we, is. We woke up to negative, zero. negative four today. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's very crisp. It's very pretty. It's very holiday-like. Um, but... What can help you with such things? An mm. awesome hoodie. Yeah, a
3: stupendous a hoodie. A stupendous would hoodie. Would be even better.
2: Awesome and stupendous. Yeah. That's even even, or better. Oh. Wow. Mm. So, encourage you to check out our website at prepping2-0.com. Click on shop. You will find our hoodies that's, that have that iconic uh, logo on the front that says, I Miss America makes for a great warm uh Clothing item for these chilly temperatures, as well as a great gift idea. We also have some awesome hats that say I Miss America in the ever so popular and comfortable flex fit style. Encourage you to check it out.
3: The reason of the week to be a Patreon VBSs. What are VBSs? They're video bonus shows. They're available to Patreons at the $5 and up level, with one exception, and that would be this week's VBS number 123. Because it
2: was stupendous.
3: Because it was stupendous. It was really pretty good. I uh, have a hour long radio show on KHNC Radio, which is in Colorado, and we do a video feed of me doing the show. And some of the shows are are good. Some of them are really good. And some this are one, stupendous, and yes, this is one of them. Episode one twenty three is stupendous, and it's free. It's available uh, to everybody. You can uh, go on our Patreon a Patreon site, which just Google Prepping oh, Two no! 0. Just go to Patreon. prepping
2: two showcom show dot com and click on Patreon. There you go. Boom! Done. That's
3: even yeah. easier. Um, and the topic was the Great Reset, a preview. And I made the point, I had exhibits A through M because I'm a lawyer and I think in terms of those things, I like to present <laughs> facts and I like to prove things for a living. Um, exhibits A through M of why England, jolly old England, which is now a horrible dictatorship, is living out the Great Reset. So you want to know what the Great Reset's going to look like? If, God forbid, it comes here, uh, just look at England, and there's more to it than that. I actually kind of strung it all together, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that's why I made it a free thing. It's a it's a teaser. It's the first hit of crack. The first hit's always free. And so you're going to see this and say, I got to have these video bonus shows in my life. I need to be a Patreon supporter. I wanted to now introduce our guest, Brent. He's with Project 223. He is the host of the Project 223 podcast, And his website is project223.com. Welcome Brent. It's great to be here, Glenn and Shelby. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a conversation at the uh, Panhandle Preparedness Expo. And you told me about this amazing thing you've done, Project 223. And I need to start off and ask you, how did you get that name? There's a lot of meaning in it.
0: Well, that's a great question. And, uh, yeah, it was it was good talking to you. It's been great being a long time supporter of you guys on Patreon, and uh, you know, being a fan. So it it was a, it's great to be here. This is kind of a dream come true. So I'm just really enjoying this moment right now. <laughs> yeah, the the project two two three, we based that um, name my pastor and I as we were talking about um, the program and what we wanted to do for our church, and he came to me and said, "Hey, Brent, you know what Proverbs twenty two three says?" And I said, "I'm sorry, off the top of my head, I don't." He goes. The wise man sees trouble and prepares, but the fool keeps going and suffers. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. And he goes, Yeah, and two two three, get it? Two two three. And I'm like, Yeah, I get it, I get it. So <laughs> The caliber. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep.
3: <laughs> so and, and and there's a lot of meaning in that. Um, now tell us about Project Two Two Three. What is it? How did it start? Give us a chronology.
0: Oh uh, yeah. So as you're well aware, and all of us are, back in 2020, when there was uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, there was uh, riots in our cities. There were mostly peaceful protests, where ah. buildings were burning down, and um, it seemed like the first responders, the police, were, um, you know, were being held back. And I know that was at levels above above their head, politician levels, but um, they're being held back from doing things. And a lot of people that I knew, and especially people in my church, were were a little worried. They thought, you know what's going on? This is not right. And being a fan of, of uh, the two ninety nine days book series for many years, I've read the books through two or three times and listened to the audio books numerous times. So, um, you know, I've been in preparedness a while and I saw this stuff and I'm like, well, yeah, this is, this is what's going to happen as they, you know, as there is a breakdown in, you know, instability in, in our country, as people turn away from, from God and from, you know, the, the patriotic, God-fearing, liberty-loving values that we have in this country, as they turn away from that um, and embrace this leftist um, liberalism that's, that's causing things to go so so badly, um, things are going to get worse. And, you know, you turn to the back of the Bible and you see in Revelation how it ends up turning out. So so as we were talking, I was talking with my pastor and he said, um, I said, hey, you know, what do you think we should do when there's no food on the shelves you know, whether it be from a trucker strike or supply chain issues or whatever that is. And the people from the church come in and say, help, we don't have any food. And he's like, gosh, that's a good question. You know, he goes, well, we got these uh, cup of noodles that we handed the homeless guys and granola bars. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's quite going to cut it. (laughs) So, so we started talking and I said, yeah, I said, I think the best thing to do would be is if we can get everybody, as many people as we can in our, in our church to be, prepared to take care of themselves at home, and like I talk about on on my on the Project 223 is be your own first responder, right? Be self-reliant, be self-sufficient. If we could get everybody to be able to take care of themselves, whether that be, you know, having three months worth of food in their pantry, having a backup generator for electricity, should the power go out, alternate sources of heat, things like that. They won't come to us in the time of emergency and have their hands out and have a need. And then also the other benefit of that is, Is that when our church is strong and prepared and self-reliant, well, we can reach out to the community and we can be a strength and a stronghold in the community and be able to reach out and help others that aren't part of our church to survive through some of these tough times. And not only is that going to help our communities, but it's also going to show a good witness for them as what being a Christian
3: is all about, a person of faith. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we where we started. And this is why we had to have you as a guest on the show.
2: Stupendous.
3: Stupendous. I want to give
2: a great shout out. Not. a great shout out to our stupendous sponsors And before we go too much further and do a deep dive with Brent here Uh, you can find, all of our coupon codes are listed on the friends and affiliates page of our website which is prepping2-do.com folks, our new sponsor, Forever Forward they have a new coupon code over there so go check them out there they are um, carriers and providers of some cool Prepping 2.0 swag you can also check out Katie Armour, great armor, body armor for everyday people. Backwoods Home Magazine. Numana Foods. Bulk freeze-dried foods for deep preps. Minuteman Coffee. You know I'm powered on it right now. Mm-hmm. Stupendously. Mm-hmm. EMP Shield. They have invented a stupendous device to guard your house from EMPs or CMEs. And Paul Burke. He's an Idaho realtor. Um, you can find him as well at firstresponsereality.com powered by Fathom Realty. But he is also over on our friends and affiliates page. We want to thank all of our stupendous sponsors for supporting Prepping 2.0.
3: So you were giving us the chronology, Brent. Um, What was the next step after you had this conversation? And by the way, see, that's my verbal tick. Yours is great. Mine is, by the way, at least I flag it.
2: If I can add to that. No, let's not talk about verbal ticks because they're embarrassing.
3: Yeah, let's not talk about that. So your your pastor seems pretty cool. I got to say, now our point with all of this is, that everyone should try to do this with their church. We want to encourage people to try to do it. But I have to be honest, and I have to say, your pastor seems unusually cool. Um, is Do you think this is something that somebody could try to start at, at many churches, or do the stars need to line up just right? Well, yeah, Pastor Billy is great. Calvary Everett here in Everett, Washington. And um, we call him the Rev.
0: Uh, he's awesome and if i can back up just a second i want to thank you you guys for having such great sponsors i've been i just been reading my backwood hook backwoods home magazine uh just last night and i bought that and subscribed to that because of your guys' podcast so thanks for having oh, oh, awesome. great, great glad yeah. to help um yeah pastor billy is a, he's an awesome guy he was a he was a former marine himself and um he's he's just an amazing man he knows the word of God. Um, and it's incredible. And he, right now we're going through the book of revelation and studying, and I've had so many people talking to me and say, I've never heard that be explained that way and, and to where it makes sense and where I can really understand it. So no, he is great. And, um, you know, he's, he's very like-minded. He's a black robe regiment, um, pastor. Explain and what that the, is. Um, Expl- cause well, the black robe back, back in the, um, you know, revolutionary war and back in the day they had, um, there were certain pastors that they, they didn't stay back and say, "Oh, we can't get involved in the issues of politics and and stuff." No, they were ones that actually stood up and um, and preached and, and got people involved, and in, and they actually were involved themselves in the fight in the fight for independence, and um, and telling people about fighting off tyranny and standing up for what's what's right, and especially from a biblical standpoint. So. I think I, that's pretty much anything to add to that, Glenn, as far as the black robe preachers?
3: No, I, I love the reference. I think it was really important. It's it's one of the reasons, it might be the main reason, that the Revolutionary War turned out as well as it did. That in France providing an armada, that was helpful, too. But um, seriously, the black robe regiment is a big deal, and we encourage folks to find a church that has a black robe regiment sort of preacher it's a really big deal we're we're not going to start telling people that the church they're at is no good first of all we don't know anything about the church you the average listener go to but we want to just let you know that it should be a priority we certainly have a black robe regiment preacher i mean i saw him at the grocery store the other day open carrying i mean what more (laughs) could you ask for right and so and um, and
2: we've had conversations with him where he's like yeah what you're what what you're saying isn't wrong. And, you know, yeah,
3: exactly. So, yeah, that's an important thing. So back to the chronology. So you had this conversation with uh, Pastor Bill and uh, then what happened?
0: So, yeah, so we had the conversation and um, we had a Sunday night service going on and it, um, you know, up here and you you guys know Western Washington and Puget Sound area and stuff. And so, you know, we we didn't have a lot of people coming on to our Sunday night service. Um, And he said, hey, maybe we could replaced that Sunday night service with a project two two three class. So we could actually have like a, you know, class, maybe do it every other week or once a month, where we taught people some preparedness topics. So we said I said, Great. So started working out a curriculum and just kinda of going off of things I've learned over the years as as you are well aware, when you read books like Two Ninety Nine Days in a Great State and maybe Patriots or um, Enemies Born to Domestic, um, some of my favorite fictions. It's kind of like going to school for preparedness. <laughs> you get these authors that are knowledgeable and they share these scenarios, and sometimes the people in the, in the books are prepared for those scenarios, like like in the, uh, Grant Madsen, having a cabin I love that guy, with, he's so cool. With supplies, he, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> um, and, and having these supplies and being ready for what's coming and other times, the people are not prepared. Whether that be like something like Todd and Chloe mm-hmm. in the book. So, mm-hmm. so you you see these things that could possibly happen, and then you see people either overcoming those odds or struggling and saying, "Gosh, if I only would have had this." So yeah. So over the years, and then doing a lot of research and study of my own, I got a big library, bookshelf library of preparedness topics and YouTube videos. Um, you can go to school to be in in preparedness. You don't have to uh, have a degree or anything. You can go to the school of YouTube and learn a lot. So yeah, so I started building a curriculum. And um, like for example, the uh, we have I put it into three tiers. So the tier one um, curriculum we kind of went through. I, I started off with everybody's favorite, the bug out bag. Of course. So, or, or also known as the 72 hour bag or emergency bag, escape bag, whatever you want to call it. Um, we also had a, a module on food supply. Had one on first aid, communications, fire and water, home security, and personal protection. So I kind of set up the topics, and then I went into my first topic was the bug out bag, and boy, I made a um, I made a PowerPoint, and I had gear. and I probably showed up that night with about six hours worth of material, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for an hour and a half time, and um, we went over, and I kind of, and so it was a learning curve as far as hey, how much material can we can we um, put out in one, in one topic. But we had, we had, we packed the church out the first night. I was like, Pastor Billy, was like,
3: man, this is great. You know,
0: and people just, people were excited. They thought it was so cool. And so we started, we kept going and doing more and people would come in and they would say, Hey Brent, look at my bug out bag that I got. And they'd, they'd bring, I'd say, Hey, bring your stuff in and we can talk about it, do some show and tells. And people really got excited about
3: the preparedness. Yep. And then there was yeah, go, ahead. go. Sorry, I, it's always hard with, uh, with radio to know when somebody's done, but were the people that were coming, were they from the church or were they from outside the church or both? And how did the word get out? Because one of the things I want to uh, impress pe- upon people is that, you know, prepping at church is a popular thing. And if your pastor is maybe a little waffling on this, being able to articulate how more people will be coming to the church you know, if these classes are taught, that could really be persuasive. So what ha, describe the popularity and, and how it took off, the mechanics of it, so so a listener can take that back to his or her pastor and say, here's how this worked in Everett, Washington, of all places. Sure, that's a great question. Well, I'm sure, and you guys
0: have the same thing, I know, but um, I think a big part of preparedness is having a mutual assistance group. Have, you know, you had the team, and the team always inspired me and for years. I tried real hard to develop my own team um, of like-minded people that I could train with and prepare with and have that community. And I tried different organizations, and uh, none seemed to quite work out. But um, but we in 2020, you're probably familiar with American Contingency by Mike Glover's organization. We had him on the show. Yes. Yep. Mike, the great guy. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I went, joined Amcon and I started looking around locally and I connected with a few guys and it, I believe it was truly a divine appointment because these guys are just incredible. One of them was just on my last podcast, uh, Special Forces Bryce. Uh, you've got Special Forces Ted. It inspired me for my, my good friend who's a Green Beret, is Special Forces Bryce. So I hope you don't mind me using uh, your – Oh, engineer, uh, by all means. By all means. <laughs> so, so yeah. And so these guys, this is a little a little side note, but we started building building our team, and it grew and grew and grew over the last few years. And it's just an amazing group of guys. Well, a couple things happened as we started doing the project two, two, three classes around that same time, guys that I met that didn't attend our fellowship started coming to the classes. And so, and, and some of these had, um, were parts of other, you know, they're members of other churches and they still are. Some in our group aren't, aren't believers, aren't Christians. And that's okay. We, as long as they're a liberty, liberty loving American who can uh, abide by the golden rule and, uh, you know, treat people with respect. That's okay but some guys started that didn't have a good church a lot of churches they closed down during as you're well aware during the lockdowns and just said oh well, we're not going to have a church anymore or you know you're going we're going to make you wear a um, something over your face that you know restricts your breathing and doesn't really keep you from catching a you know a you know what I'm saying so
3: mm-hmm.
0: so people were said hey you know I don't like that but I like what you guys have going on over here so some people kind of shifted over and then people that came friends of mine from my, from my team, they started bringing neighbors. Say, hey, I got my neighbor here and, and, uh, Kurt and Lisa, you know, who live next door to me. Can they, can they come? Oh, sure. Bring them in. They started coming to the project two, two, three. Then they started coming to church and then they would invite their neighbor to come. And we have, it's just funny how there's this huge group of people that started from my team that we were building in the community that we were building, started attending there because they saw the like-minded people and then they would bring friends. And then also, too, we ended up some of the people who are like-minded in the church ended up being perfect people to join the team. So it's really cool how, it, how it's grown like that.
2: So question for you, Brent, as I'm listening to you, people ask us, and I'm, and I'm curious that they ask you this all the time, so I have a two-fold question. I have a two-fold stupendous question. Yes, People ask us all the time, how do you start a mutual assistance group? And it is very difficult because there's you have to it's a building of trust, it's all of that. And we all, we and we give as many great suggestions as we can. One of them and so it ends up being a list. Go to you know, go to a gun class, go to church, go to do this, do that. I'm listening to you going and thinking to myself, if you're able to start a start classes like this at your church, I feel like you can naturally build a mutual assistance group. What do you think?
3: The mutual assistance group will come to you. They'll come to the church. It's beautiful. It's like a landing beacon or a a light for a moth. What do you think? Exactly. Exactly.
0: No, that's a great, that's a great question. And I actually did a podcast episode on that as well. And, um, you know, I think there's a couple things that I think are, are critical. And, and Glenn, I know that, you know, that you, that or or also that our friend Grant Madsen did was, is that he he served other people. He yeah. he created a a sanctuary, a retreat for people. He he pulled people together who are like minded. He supported those people. He cared about those people. He he loved people. And I think that's a that's a critical thing. And you know, as far as the project two two three, I mean, our whole thing is based on spiritual preparations, right? If we're not if we're not right with God, if we don't have
3: the the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ that you know, all the other preparations, they fade into, in the background. The Pop-Tarts in that bug out bag ain't getting you anywhere if God's not on your right.
2: side.
3: Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. And when you're facing a, you know, um, you're,
0: you're on your deathbed from uh, cancer or whatever that may be, and you have people praying for you and they pull you through, um, you see right there that based on a true story, <laughs> there are yeah, lots of prayers are thrown up. Thank but, you. But, but, but the, but the point I guess I'm getting at was, um, build that group. If you, if you're somebody, if you're somebody's the taker, and I see a lot, of you and you see it as um, preparedness. There's people, they, they want to hide out behind a, a nom de guerre on, on a chat board, and they want to talk about preparedness and go onto websites and, and comment on things. But when it comes to, hey, we're having a meetup, we're having a barbecue, um, we're going to do some radio training. They just don't show up. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to do that. They don't want to put in the work. And so I feel like for me, I, and there was a few times where I was doing a lot of stuff and I'm kind of thinking, okay, these people aren't doing as much as me or whatever. Or, and there's some to do more. but and I, and I just felt like the Lord told me, Brent, love and serve. You do what I've brought you to do. And I think that if somebody is called to start up a group and you feel like you have that call to be a leader, that it's going to take service. And it's going to take loving people. And loving people is not seeking your own good first, but it's trying to put their good first. And when you do that and and it's sometimes it's kind of thankless and sometimes you're like, gosh, you know, I'm doing and doing and doing and nobody else is doing the same or whatever, but you just need to keep doing that. And what happens is that that draws people to you, that inspires people, that motivates people to you. And it has to be fun as well. If it's just like, all right, we're going to go for a 10 mile run and you know, and you Mm. have to, everybody has to get their ham general license. It's like, that's not fun. No. You know? Well, you know
2: what? We, Yep. It goes so First quickly. First segment, First segment's over. gone. So, folks, we're going to pick right back up on the other side of the break with Brent. Don't go away. But join us on the other side of the break for more on getting your church to prep with Brent of Project Two Three.
1: More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com.
3: In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 3.08. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted 8 patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend
1: fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word.
2: Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps.
3: Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available.
2: Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years, the perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering.
3: You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed.
2: Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP.
3: Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website.
2: Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. .com preppernet where preppers unite preppernet.com
3: Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT.
1: Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started with our discussion of how to get your church to prep with Brent of Project 223. Stick around for the after show. We have... Some key great things to talk about in the after show. So, if you're a Patreon and you want to hear more, we're going to talk about forced medical procedures. I'll say that.
3: Gibbs Arms, G I B B Z, Gibbs Arms, they make a side charger drop in. You can find out more about it on their website, Gibbs, G I B B Z, Arms.com. They have a YouTube channel where they demonstrate this cool invention of theirs. And that is, believe it or not, their YouTube channel name is Gibbs Arms with a Z. They're doing a swag giveaway. They are such great supporters of the show. They wanted to give us stuff to give out to listeners. And then the listeners feel cool about us and we get all the cool credit without doing any work except the shipping.
2: They sent swag. Did they send swag or did they send swag? They don't goof around. We can give away more than one swag bag, so um, stay tuned. Keep your ears to the. We've already given away one. We've got a few more to give away.
3: Yeah, and the way to get the swag, we're doing one drawing each week, and you uh, email Shelby, who actually has time to read um, her emails.
2: Do I have time?
3: Yeah, not I, really. Well, but okay, yeah. you're better manager of time. <laughs> it's Shelby Gallagher three two one at Gmail. Send her an email with in the subject line Gibbs G I B B Z. You got to do the subject line thing so we can sort them. And if you are lucky enough, you're drawn at random. If you're lucky enough to be like Lars, he's the winner of the first week swag pack. And it's Lars, L-A-R-Z, Lars with a Z, for reals with a Z. So there you go. Gibbs Arms Archive episode of the week. This is where we go back. We have so many new listeners each week. We like to remind folks that, that we're on episode 212. There's a lot of previous content out there and it's, it's still good stuff. So the archive episode of the week, we're going back to episode 28, which aired on May 1st, 2019. One of the biggest topics we get asked about is prepper spouses and significant others. How do you deal with this? Well, our episode was called Four Types of Prepper Spouses, and it was about, in our mind, four categories of prepper spouses based on a sliding scale of resistance to prep prepping from no resistance and enthusiasm all the way down to outright hostility and how you can deal with each type of prepper spouse. It's really important. This whole spousal support in prepping thing, Shelby and I are are the first, I think, really, to really highlight this because it affects a lot of people. So wanted to pick back up with Brent. Brent, describe people's reticence about prepping and what your experience has been with that.
0: Yeah, so... I guess specifically we can talk about kind of in the church or in just in general, but um, yeah. So preparedness, you and I, we, we know we've seen what's happened, what can happen when things go bad and there's supply chain issues and, and things aren't on the shelf. Um, just like Proverbs 22, three says the wise man sees trouble coming and prepares. Right. So just like Grant did in the books, you know, he had laid up his pancake mix and his, and all his stuff. Right. Well, we see that stuff coming and we, and we do the, we, we prepare, but there's so many people that, and especially like in the church, they have that, um, that idea that, Oh, well, God will provide, trust in the Lord. And you don't, don't worry about those things. And so I've seen kind of these extreme views that are out there where it's like, and, and, you know, the term normalcy bias as well. You know, you share that all the time. I've, I think I probably heard that from you first, but it's that thought that things will always continue to go on. Like they do. They'll always be my eggs in the, uh, in the cooler at the, at the store, I'll flip the light switch on and the power will come on the heat will come on. And we know that not only with natural disasters, but potentially even with larger um, things that may happen like an EMT or even nuclear war, which we're looking at these days and people are talking about, but those things may not be there. So in the church, there are, there are those people that say, you know, I'm not going to, not going to get into that stuff. And, um, I'm just
3: going to trust God and let him, um, Let him take care of me have you guys experienced that as well oh goodness yes it's one of the things that we have to constantly remind people about and one of the ways i look at it i'm curious what you think Brent, is and because i'm a lawyer and i'm involved in an adversarial process litigation is adversarial and what i often do when i'm trying to strategize and think about the best course of action for my client I often think, what would the other side want? What would they like to have as a result? What would the other side like me to do? And I think if you apply that to the God will provide thing and you ask yourself, what would the devil want me to do? The devil would want you to stay on the couch and keep watching you know, your 900th video on a bug out bag, but not actually put a bug out bag together. The devil wants you lazy and dependent and you should do the opposite of what the devil wants. What do you think about that? Well, no, that's a great point. And you know, when we talk about these things, spiritual things, sometimes it can be challenging
0: because I'm, you know, not all of your listeners necessarily are, are Christians. And by we faith. respect that. Be,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. And, and so do I. Um, and so, whether it's you know, whether it's the enemy of our faith, right, the devil, which we we know and believe is is there behind the scenes, or even just politicians that are who are like in the a, devil. <laughs> maybe I believe, you know, and I'm, you know, they're inspired by that. But, but as far as somebody that's maybe not even of, of, of faith, they're facing these politicians that are throwing things at them and their families that are completely against their, their values and their morals. And, you know, I believe those morals and values, they started with God's word in the Bible, but, but, you know, people might may say, well, I don't believe that, but I believe in liberty and freedom and, somebody should uh, be able to free be free to do what they, what they want with their body when it comes to, uh, you know, medical procedures, um, whether they, you know, if they want to have a firearm to protect themselves, they should be able to have the best firearm possible rather than the government coming in and saying, I'm sorry, but you can't have that many rounds in your, in your magazine, or you can't have that particular firearm because it's too effective. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute here. But, you know, kind of back to your, to your original question on, um, I asked asked ask these people this in, in our class. I say, okay, if you have a problem where you're being threatened, your life's being threatened and somebody's threatening that, you know, they have the means and the wherewithal to kill you and they're threatening to kill you and you think they're going to do it. What would be something you would do? And so if somebody that maybe is not under preparedness or de- doesn't have means of personal protection, they do all call the police. Okay. So you call the police, the police, 911 send the police officer there that has a gun that's trained in the use of deadly force and probably going to be a lot more willing to use it than you would be. You might be a little more wanting to um, de escalate situations and put more effort into that. But guess what? Those police, they have a very strict, um, you know, if if, if this happens, then do this. And so they're going to come with that gun and they very well may have to shoot that person. So you weren't willing to take the responsibility to protect yourself or your family. You're going to ask somebody else to do it. And you're going to put the the burden of having
3: to do that on that person rather than doing it yourself. You, you catch what I'm saying there? Oh yeah. It's, and it, it's it, a mind... Another way of 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 stating this principle, and it happened to me. Um, I was at a at a gas station in Washington State, and somebody drove up next to me with a gun control bumper sticker, and I was in a particularly um, honorary uh, mood, and I said to that person, I said. You you, uh, you think we should get rid of guns? She said, absolutely. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I think what we ought to do is have 25-year-old police officers with, with young children, maybe a baby at home, come to my door and try to take my guns. Guess what's going to happen after a couple episodes of that? That 25-year-old is not going to come back home and those kids are going to grow up orphans. I said, man, you are so Compassionate, you really care about other people. She had no idea what I was talking about because she's no, a member of a right cult, over her head. basically. Yep. But the point you're making about um, so you want to outsource your personal security mm-hmm. to the police? Number one, it's ineffective, and number two, aren't you putting quite a life or death burden on police officers? I have a lot of cop That's friends, and the police have to shoot people and get in fights, and mm-hmm. it's. It has an effect on them. It is, it is oh, yeah. inconsiderate to have other people do your violence for you.
2: Well, and to add exactly. to that point, see, there's my verbal take. To add to that point, we are outsourcing our personal safety to police officers and law enforcement, and then we're defunding them in, and hamstringing yeah. them as well. Especially in your yes. state where Especially there are stupid uh, laws.
3: About, anyway, we won't get anyway, into that. Anyway,
2: yeah, but Brent, we, we keep, what are your thoughts on that? I know you have a bunch. That's
0: a whole other podcast, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and you know, as well as I do that, that, those people, they're not thinking logically, they're not thinking rationally, right? It's like, oh, if we make guns illegal, they'll magically disappear. How many millions are already out there? And you know, as well as I do, the criminals will always get firearms. So by saying, okay, we're going to make a law, which there are already tons of laws exist that they don't uphold, but we're going to make a law to, um, so that you don't kill people. Oh, wait a minute, isn't there already a law yeah. that says that? <laughs> we're gonna, okay, well, let's, let's just take away the guns. That'll make us feel better. We have to do something. And that's the thing I think is it's sad is that whether it be with the the recent um, medical problem that was facing us over the last few years or firearms or whatever, they think, I just have to do something. Government has to do something for the people. And everybody looks to the government to say, take care of us. What are you going to do for us? And, uh, 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 wear this thing over your face. Oh, okay. Thank you. That makes me feel so much better. It's not effective. Um, we're going to ban this size of magazine. Oh, thank you. That makes us feel better. It doesn't do anything really to make people feel better, but, but that's what it is. It's a feeling rather than practical. So yeah. And and I think that's to me, and even going back a little bit still to your main point of, of that reticence to get into prep. Um, if, if you think about the fact that I trust in God, you, you, you've heard the story. I'm sure you're well aware of the story where the person is uh, there's a there's a hurricane and the person's there's flooding around the person's house. And so the person climbs up on their roof and they're praying, God, please help me. Help me. And a boat comes along and some guys say, hey, get in our boat. And the person says, no, no, I'm waiting for God. I've been praying. He's going to help me. And then uh, then another uh, Coast Guard vessel comes over and says, get in. We're here for you. Nope, I'm trusting in God. The helicopter comes flying overhead, lowering the rescuer down. Dear, I'm here to help you. No, oh, I'm trusting in God. I prayed. The person drowns. They show up at heaven and say, God, why didn't you help me?
3: He says, I sent two boats and a helicopter. Exactly. Well, and I think people, <laughs> yep,
2: the exactly. people that
3: fall into this trap of of God will provide. And obviously there's truth to that. God is in charge of the universe, clearly. And he and does you know, provide. He does provide. But how yeah. does he provide? There are two ways. There's the extremely common and the extremely rare, in my opinion. And this is theology by Glenn. So the extremely common way he provides is by sending boats and Coast Guard cutters and helicopters. He uses other people to help get his will done. That's how he he does it. He uses
2: everyday occurrences to provide for us. Exactly. There's
3: the extremely rare. And when I say extremely, I mean, you know, to the 10th power. And that is... Sometimes he needs to do supernatural stuff, which he can do. He is in charge of the universe. It is, and and, and an example would be Moses in a burning bush. Um, That was a supernatural thing. God had a reason to do it that particular way, probably to impress upon the audience that this was a for real thing, right? And so Mm -hmm. he can do it, and it's not inconsistent. I hate these fake intellectuals. That think, oh, it's inconsistent to say God's in charge of the universe, yet I'm going to rely on that boat coming by to save me. It is not inconsistent. God sent the boat. How can this not be obvious to people? We had a whole episode, by the way, with Forrest Garvin. He wrote a book about this exact same God will provide thing and how, and he goes through scripture and he actually had a real live Theologian uh, consulting on the book.
2: Well, and sadly, that theologian, who is very, is very well known, Norm Geisler, he has since passed yeah, away. Yeah, Norm but... Geisler
3: is 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 no slouch when it comes no. to uh, theological credentials, and and he consulted because Forrest really wanted to get the theology right of this. He didn't want to lead people astray, and and so if you're out there thinking that you can sit on the couch, and you can basically go on a godly website and order um, uh, being saved, and, and you just magically do it with fairy dust and a wand, you don't understand how God works. How many times has God done that? Yeah, but, to anyone listening who really thinks this, and I'm, I'm talking to you, you the listener who suffers from this, how many times has God done absolutely supernatural things that did not involve any human interaction? very rarely. He works through us. And by the way, the Bible is replete with citations. This is a lawyer in me coming out, replete with citations to authority about how he uses people. And it serves his will because when people are being used to do good things, that glorifies God because he's smarter than we are.
2: Well, and the Bible is replete with many, many times when God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinaries and to do. exactly. So what are your thoughts on that, Brent? We talked too much. What are your thoughts?
0: No, 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 I love it. It's great. No, just like you were saying, Shelby, I I have written down here some of the things that we talk about. Um, Joseph, right? In Egypt. What what happened with Joseph? The story of Joseph. You know, a lot of us know that story. He was um, told in a dream that there was going to be famine coming. And so God inspired him to store up grain for years. And when the famine came, he basically not only saved Egypt and a lot of the world at that time, but the nation of Israel, which is part of God's plan to bring Jesus into the world. Right. So Joseph preparing saved people. Um, Nehemiah, you know, the story of Nehemiah building the wall, um, rebuilding the wall around the city. His, it said that his people worked with a sword in their belt as they worked so that they could not only get the work done, but defend themselves. And he verbally fought off a lot of opposition that came in, that came against him. Um, even Jesus himself right? People, Oh, Jesus is this hippie man of peace that just walked around saying peace, bro. Um, <laughs> like, like my friend, Joe Dolio from tactical wisdom says, uh, you know, he's the first guy that made his improvised weapon. He made a whip of cords and drove the money changers out of the temple who are keeping people from having access to God. So, you know, I know that this is not, you know, we're not a religious um, program necessarily, but even people who aren't um, people of the Christian faith, I think can appreciate the fact that, um, the church, the Christian church, by, by people being more willing to prepare, more willing to believe that, you know, God gives us wisdom to see the problems that are coming. He gives us skills and talents to be able to um, be prepared, you know, have gardens, and learn do training so that you're able to use radios and communication, food supply. Also to give people the wisdom to use those skills appropriately, right? Um, who would you rather have with a with an AR fifteen in their hands? Um, a man of faith who puts his trust in God and has somebody and believes he has to answer for that, or somebody that has no moral um, background for their character and is just gonna do what they think's best for themselves. I'd rather have the person of faith to have that, that weapon to protect me. To
2: Amen. So what of the examples you just, well but two of the examples you Jeff just gave uh, Joseph and Nehemiah I encourage people, you just brought up a, a great point, especially with Joseph. What did it take for Joseph to store up that grain? Come, keep in mind, folks, he was a slave to Egypt. <clears throat> he, When I say slave, I mean slave. He like, mm-hmm. sk- he, I don't know, he squirreled away grain for years.
3: Stack it to the rafters. And
2: it uh-huh. wasn't bags and bags and, and loads and loads. He had to basically steal it to store it up. Is that? And think about Nehemiah building a wall and defending it. This is hard work. Hard work
3: can't do it from the couch.
2: Intentional, with a purpose in mind, with an end goal in mind. So when when we think about prepping, that's and we were and we started out talking about this. That's where for the we meet people like this, and I'm hoping this inspires those folks. If you're one of them, we meet people who. Say they're preppers. Here's the example. I remember when we were we were one of the last preparedness expos from a, a you know several years ago. We were in someone's house.
3: Yeah, that, great um, story.
2: This is a great story. Here's an example, and we got a couple minutes here. In a person's house, it was a rental, and we were visiting with someone in North Idaho. I said it right. Right in North Idaho, and they're like, "Yeah, this is this is my the landlord's." Uh, prepping cabinet he says we can have it all and i looked there and there's about i don't know a dozen cans of food it's a it was a very low stocked pantry more than anything and i and i and he and i said to our friends i said this person's a prepper uh-huh they are and i said this is a
3: nice start
2: dart but this is not <laughs> prepping so folks it's hard it is sacrificial work
3: but it's worth it It,
2: to be a prepper. But my goodness, when you look at the landscape out there, God is giving us this time to prepare. So Brett, what are your thoughts? Glenn just raised his hand. What are your all thoughts on that?
3: Well, I wanted to to make a point, both from a faith-based perspective and a secular perspective, because we respect that not everybody that listens is Christian. I can make the same point uh, from those two perspectives. And that is a can opener. What, what are you talking about a can opener? from the faith-based perspective, you being prepared and spending a dollar at the dollar store based on a true story for a can opener, it's a very small sacrifice on your part. And you can hand out that can opener in a time of need to somebody whose only way of eating canned food is with that can opener because nobody has can openers anymore. Now, the faith-based perspective is I'm not doing it to be rewarded in heaven, although I will be rewarded in heaven, that's very clear. So the faith-based person says, I can spend a buck and potentially have an enormously positive impact on somebody. And then the the person who's impacted says, gee, why did you give me this can opener? And I can say, well, because I'm a person of faith and it's it's how we roll. So there's the faith-based thing. You can also look at it from a secular perspective doesn't it just make plain old sense, just human sense, secular sense to do little teeny things like spend a dollar on a can opener that could potentially save a family's life? Doesn't that just make sense? So either way, whether it's faith based or secular, doing a little bit of stuff can have an enormously positive impact. What do you think, Brent? Oh, 100 percent, you know, and, and As you're talking,
0: I started thinking about, not two different things, but um, one was the work that, uh, that my pastor and our church has been doing. Another one is the work that our mutual assistance group's been doing. Um, my uh, pastor, Billy, um, the Rev, he is really big on taking our church members and running trips to do disaster relief. They've gone multiple nice. times down to tech. They just got back from Florida. They had a team that went down, a bunch of, bunch of volunteers that pay their own way. They connected with Samaritans' purse disaster relief, and they go down and um, they go down and tear out the old um, stuff from homes where the the drywall's rotted. They'll go down and help finish houses and fix people's lives, help people fix their lives up after disasters. And that's a practical thing where you're going out and doing that work. Um, he's just really big on that, and he's gone multiple times, to multiple places. We were up in Sumas, up in north northwest Washington. They had flooding here last year. And we had a team of guys going up there and gals and we would tear out all the rotted drywall and haul everything out of the house. And that's, it's just practical stuff. People see that in there and they're impressed, not only by you, but hopefully it points them to the Lord. The second thing is the work of our mutual assistance group. You know, you talk about building the group. Well, I, I have a neighbor next door. We moved a new, new place last year and I started to get to know him and his wife and they're just really cool people. And, um, and so I'm like, hey, this guy might be a good guy to bring on to the group. And so as I'm getting to know him a little bit, we had a big power outage here last week. And um, so I went over there and I brought him a little portable heater and because and they didn't have heat in their place, and, he, and it got them through that time. But as we as I invited him to the group and stuff and, and started joining, he was like, you know, it was when you came over and did this kind deed for me, I realized that these are the kind of people I want to be around. Bingo. So nice. It, It's doing that stuff. It's doing the doing the practical things that inspire people and to make them want to, um, you know, it's a good witness for the Lord. And it's also helps helps you build that community and build those relationships. So when the tough times
3: come, you have that group around. you. It's the Patriot way. Right, Glenn? Exactly. 100 percent.
2: So Brent, we have um, about a little wait a minute or so. Tell us how people can find your podcast. How people get in touch with you. Tell us, tell us, tell us the guys. How kids. can
3: people do what you're doing? How can they duplicate? We want a we want a million Brents out there. We want you to be cloning yourself. Oh well, that's that's really nice you
0: to just say. You know, it's it's been great being with you guys. Um, you know, I started um, obtaining some patrons on my uh, podcast as well, and I had a guy reach out to me, and he said, "Hey Brent." Um, I'd like to do this at my church. Is there a way you can help me? And so I said, "You know what? I've been thinking about that quite a bit and I want to be able to make this something that's duplicatable for other people. So I'm um, I'm putting together a podcast that's going to be um, you know, a members only thing where I I'm going to put some of that information out for that one particular supporter. But yeah, we're we're kind of developing this um to where we can turn it into something that can be, you know, we can hand that information out if you don't know where to start." Here's some real basic stuff that you can, can give you information, you can take it to your church. So that's in the works kind of right now. Um, you can go to the project223 website. I'm not a big computer web guy, so it's it's not that great yet, but I'm working on getting more content there.
3: People can listen and, to the project223 podcast. Nice. And the URL is project223.com. That's correct. And how do people find the podcast? Yeah, in the podcast, there's a link on there. If you click the little headphones at the top of the website, it'll take
0: you there. You can also just search Project 223 um, in, in the Apple or Podbean that usually will pop up on there. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well, so you can search for it. And I think there's a link on top of the website where you can click
3: to get to those as well. So, yeah.
2: That's awesome. This is awesome. So, folks, we have um, some things that we're going to share in the after show with Including Brent.
3: the lightning round. It's going to be awesome. uh You're going to love the lightning. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) Very good.
2: So, folks, from Benjamin Franklin, you know the words. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Folks, have a great week, everyone.
1: You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com.